0: Hello, and welcome to the Armchair Scholar Podcast, a place where I share short, informal literary analyses that cover a range of topics. In this episode, we'll explore the American Dream and its limitations through the works of Pulitzer Prize-winning author Juno Diaz. Is the American Dream, which has traditionally been predicated on a particular economic outcome, applicable to everybody? Does it still stand for Dominican American immigrants? I'll explore these questions in today's episode. Please note that I'll often use the acronym DR to represent the Dominican Republic in this episode, and before we begin, I do want to warn listeners that rape and violence are briefly discussed in this episode, so discretion is advised. In his 2008 Pulitzer Prize-winning novel The Brief, Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde, published several years after his collection of short stories entitled Drown, Juno Diaz documents the familial history of the Dominican De Leon family, whose past is haunted by the curse of Fuku a curse of colonialism passed down through Dominican progeny. In the book, the narrator and co-protagonist Junior de las Casas recounts the history of co-protagonist Oscar de Leon and his search for reciprocal love and affection given a distinctly destructive past. But over the range of Diaz's writings, readers also understand that Junior is pining after the same seemingly elusive goal. Diaz's subsequent and latest short story collection This Is How You Lose Her published in 2012 follows Junior in his search for what Diaz terms in an interview with Stanford professor Paula Moya, Decolonial Love. Diaz explains, quote, In Oscar Wow, we have a family that has fled, half-destroyed, from one of the rape incubators of the New World, and they're trying to find love. But not just any love. How can there be just any love, given the history of rape and sexual violence that created the Caribbean, that Trujillo uses in the novel? The kind of love that I was interested in, that my characters long for intuitively, is the only kind of love that could liberate them from that horrible legacy of colonial violence. I'm speaking about decolonial love. This decolonial love can be explained only in reference to the history of rape and sexual violence that quite literally created the Caribbean, and by extension, the Dominican Republic, of which Diaz's characters are descended. Yet the Dominican people's haunting relationship with systematic oppression and exploitation beginning with the arrival of Christopher Columbus in 1492 and extending up through the assassination of Rafael Trujillo in 1961 continues to echo throughout the Dominican social consciousness even today. Accordingly, Diaz frames his character's struggles for decolonial relationships as struggles against a colonized past, against an aggressive and violent history that haunts their maturation, search for identity, and endeavors to find love. I'll work with the preoccupation of romantic love that exists in Diaz novels, and I'll begin with his first book, Drown. This book is a collection of short stories, vignettes if you will, whose plots are all connected by the theme of diaspora and immigration literature, as it readily depicts the working class Dominican immigrants who are paralyzed into low-wage jobs and destitute neighborhoods, and their subsequent inability to realize the dreams and aspirations they had which compelled them to leave the Dominican Republic in the first place. Dominican historian and scholar Patricia Pissar examines this class of people, which make up the near-sum total of all Dominican-American immigrants, in her book A Visa for a Dream, published in 1995. Specifically, her book analyzes the post-Trujillo diaspora of Dominicans in the United States, of which Junior's family is a part of in their struggle to achieve what she terms the Dominican Dream. In her book, she reveals that this dream, where a Dominican immigrant in the United States, would arrive at a level of financial stability substantial enough to send money back home to the Dominican Republic and eventually return for good, to be an economically predicated myth which has unfortunately perpetuated itself as an attainable reality even up until the start of the 21st century. This dream, in her words, is but a collection of mere fictions of success for Dominican nationals and immigrants alike which can never be fully realized. In fact, the economic reality of Dominican immigrants is a far cry from what they had imagined when they began to flood in the United States in the early 1960s. Diaz confronts the bleak realities directly in a short story, Drown, which scholar Marisol Moreno says represents a crucial breakthrough of Dominican-American literature due to its urban working class perspective, quote. She goes on to explain that, in presenting the negative side of the Dominican diaspora, his narratives contest the myth of the Dominican dream systematically challenging the fictions of success that have persisted in the Dominican imaginary. Moreno's observations are key in understanding how Diaz views concepts like the Dominican Dream and why he moves away from representing these urban working-class struggles and Drown and towards a preoccupation with romantic love and Oscar Wow and How You Lose Her. That is, I see Diaz rejecting, not just in Drown, but in his later two works as well, the concept of an economically-centered aspiration like the Dominican Dream outlined by Pissar, and decolonizing these types of dreams by positing the pursuit of decolonial love as its replacement. Therefore, I argue that Diaz, through his fiction, is devaluing an economically-predicated national dream and reorients it away from such a dream toward one based on a distinctly decolonized affective love. The Dominican history of colonial oppression is central to understanding why Diaz's characters continually search for a decolonial love that breaks the curse of Fuku. Near the end of the brief, wondrous life of Oscar Wao, before his death on DR soil, Oscar sends several manuscripts home to his sister who resides in the United States that are later given to Junior for study. In these texts, Junior finds various anecdotes and scribblings in the margins, one of which reads quote, My next package contains everything I've written on this journey, everything I think you will need. You'll understand when you read my conclusions. It's the cure to what ails us, the Cosmo DNA, end quote. This cure must be precisely what Diaz mentions in his interview with Palomoya, Moya, decolonial romantic love, which Oscar ostensibly finds during his short-lived fling with the girl whom he meets in the DR and is later killed because of his affair with her. But what causes characters like Oscar and Junior to search for decolonial love? The answer is found in the violent history of the Dominican Republic. The reign of Rafael Trujillo in the DR from 1930 until his assassination in 1961 explains the mass exodus of Dominican nationals into the United States seeking economic opportunity, but the factors that caused this mass diaspora started much earlier than 1930. As the opening lines of Oscar Wow explain, the Fuku curse of Dominican exploitation at the hands of violent colonizers, quote, came first from the death bane of the Tainos, uttered just as one world perished and another began, end quote. The Tainos were indigenous peoples of the Caribbean before European aggressors decimated the culture and began importing African slaves. This curse and doom of the New World, as Diaz writes, was established once the New World was discovered by Christopher Columbus and others, and continued on until the assassination of DR dictator Rafael Trujillo in 1961. Trujillo, according to our narrator, Junior, ruled the DR with an implacable, ruthless brutality, and sought, and succeeded, to control nearly every aspect of Dominican life through violence, intimidation, massacre, rape, co-optation, and terror. Thus, for Diaz, Trujillo is the cumulative epitome of all things related to Dominican oppression, beginning with the arrival of Christopher Columbus in 1492. Since this clear culture of sexual exploitation, and in Diaz's words, rape culture, is common knowledge to DR citizens, it would logically leave characters like Junior searching for a love that is decolonial in nature, a romantic and sexual love that is not a product of force or coercion. What then for characters like Oscar and Junior does decolonial love entail? How can they purge themselves of their respective colonial past in order to procure a truly decolonial relationship? Junior's explanation at the beginning of the brief wondrous life of Oscar Wow is especially telling when he reveals how, quote, there was only one way to prevent disaster, end quote, at the hands of Foucault, and not surprisingly, it's a word, Zaffa. He goes on to admit that, quote, Even now as I write these words, I wonder if this book ain't a Zaffa of sorts. My very own counterspell, end quote. Junior states from the outset of the novel how one can go about countering and purging oneself of the curse of Foucault, a metonym for the curse of the Antillian oppression, domination, and exploitation, the curse and doom of the new world, as Diaz writes. Scholar Yomaira Figueroa speaks to the mechanics of this type of zaffa, what she terms faithful witnessing, which involves bearing witness to the physical, historical, and psychosocial violence of coloniality. Yunyu and Oscar need not only acknowledge the unseen coloniality of their behaviors and upbringing as Dominicans, but must put themselves outside the powers that dehumanize others, and recognize and assert the humanity and dignity in their various relationships. Since Oscar Wao is a history of the Leon family and their own encounters with sexual and familial violence, as well as DR economic exploitation and domination, Junior's Counterspell constitutes an acknowledgment of the DR past of violence and oppression for both himself and Oscar. Further, it demonstrates the humanity and dignity that Junior recognizes in people who aren't even his own family by choosing to testify to their stories. So, Fuku can, in effect, be defeated, and current colonial behaviors purged through the identification and testimony of the various ways it manifests itself in the lives of the affected, since its testimony allows both recognition of past injustices and an opportunity to replace those injustices with humanity and dignity. I have so far identified how the general past history of oppression and violence from the Dominican Republic, as well as the personal histories of sexual and familial violence of Junior and Oscar, warrant a search for decolonial love. My discussion will now shift toward the search for the decolonial love suggested by Diaz as the Dominican Dream to which Dominican immigrants in America aspire, rather than one centered on an economic outcome. Consider once more Patricia Passar's concept of the Dominican Dream, which, like the American Dream, is predicated on an economic outcome. She defines it as the ability of one to return back to the island after having procured, quote, the accoutrements of an upper-class lifestyle, end quote. She also briefly mentions the American immigrant dream of going from rags to riches, and posits that most immigrants fleeing the DR come to the United States pursuing one of these two economic, aspirational dreams. Yet, why the preoccupation in Diaz's books with love? Why is it that his books center on juniors and Oscar's romantic pursuits, rather than their ruthlessly trying to climb the immigrant ladder for economic and financial gain? It is not because Pissar is wrong. Rather, I argue that Diaz sees his fellow countrymen, as a DR immigrant himself, longing for, underneath and aside from the economic reasons they fled the DR, this decolonial love and relationships that are free from the hauntings of colonialism. That is, Diaz suggests through his writing that, on the surface, Dominican immigrants flee their country after Trujillo's death in 1961 out of economic necessity. Yet, once they arrive, they realize quickly that economic aspirations are not what they truly want and seek after, or can even have. Rather, they tend to seek decolonial relationships, relationships where hierarchies of power do not exist and oppress them. My argument does not necessarily negate the claims about economic diaspora made by Pissar, rather I recognize them as true and essential to my argument. In fact, Diaz makes reference in each of his books to the dire, poverty-ridden economic situation of Dominicans, both in the DR and in the U.S. In fact, we understand that both Junior and Oscar, as well as nearly every character in Diaz's three books, are in the U.S. as a result of economic diaspora. Pissar writes that DR immigrants saw the United States as an economic mecca, and for them and their families, a U.S. visa represented both potential and immediate economic power. As the economic situation continued to worsen in the late 20th century following several failed attempts to revive the DR economy, the 1980s saw a peak influx of Dominican immigrants where it is estimated that of the over 200,000 Dominican immigrants counted in the 1990 census, a staggering 59% had emigrated in the 1980s. In total, from the death of Rafael Trujillo up through the year 2000, the rate of yearly Dominican immigration into the United States increased nearly a thousand percent. It was clear that Dominicans had to leave the island in order to survive, and the U.S. was their destination of choice. Now, economically predicated aspirations like the Dominican Dream are not particularly fruitful for Dominican immigrants in the United States. Often, the flocking of DR immigrants into places like the Northeast have had a perpetuating effect on the poverty and inability to find anything other than low-wage employment. The conditions in the United States for Dominican immigrants is only marginally better than those in the DR. Thus, it would stand to reason why we see a reorientation away from these economic aspirations in Diaz books, and toward one that can truly be free from the roots of why they left, the colonial oppression and domination of the DR state. Dominican immigrants, then, in Diaz's world, pursue their aspirations at cross-purposes, since it is through these decolonial relationships that they can obtain what they really want, freedom from oppressive powers. They flee economic inopportunity for opportunity and poverty for prosperity, but the answer to their problems do not ultimately lie in a good-paying job, but in the relationships that operate on a reciprocal, mutually beneficial basis. In conclusion, decolonial love is sought by the range of characters in Diaz's work, who either have, do not have, or can't achieve an economically-centered aspirational goal upon entering the U.S. from the DR. Subsequently, we can infer a few things about how Diaz views the dreams, hopes, and aspirations of Dominican-American immigrants who fled the island out of economic necessity. Firstly, that a comprehensive and lengthy history of oppression, colonialism, and domination have haunted the DR and its people, ever since their Taino ancestors were killed after the arrival of Christopher Columbus. This ever-present haunting of colonialism in the collective consciousness of the DR people, as presented through the stories of the De Leon family and the brief wondrous life of Oscar Wow, principally drives DR immigrants to find a decolonial system of relationship free from the influence of oppressive power structures that have infiltrated and defined their conceptions of love, sex, and family. As a result, both Junior and Oscar must work to purge themselves from their histories so intimately crafted out of the domination and colonialism in order to truly be free. For Diaz, it is this concern, the concern for love free from these histories of oppression that preoccupy the minds of his characters. That is, where Dominicans fled their country out of economic necessity, they are, of course, striving toward economic and financial aspirations. However, Diaz uses the DR history of colonialism worked out through his characters like Junior and Oscar to correct and reorient these economic aspirations toward one of decolonial love and affection. At the end of Oscar Wow, Junior's life in America is, quote, not exactly what he dreamed about when he was a kid, end quote, since his contentment and satisfaction came not from any financial or economic position, but a product of the decolonial love he shares with his wife, and of testimony to his long and storied history of Dominican colonization, exploitation, and oppression. An important part of Junior's testimony inherently involves the written and spoken word, his own zafa against the fuku, in this way, Diaz also emphasizes the importance of writing as necessary to acknowledging and reformulating notions of manhood and Dominican machismo. Through their writing as testimony, Diaz characters can decolonize their Dominican cultural heritage and upbringing, and reorient them toward relationships free from the harmful effects of hierarchy and domination. In this way, it appears in Diaz's work that the traditional American dream for his characters, and perhaps that of many Americans at large, has little to do with 2.5 kids and a white picket fence. Thanks for listening to the Armchair Scholar podcast. This episode is over, but if you want to explore more short discussions of literature, join us at our website, thearmchairscholar.com, or visit us on Twitter or Facebook.